0: Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire to do. Lord, make our minds, hearts, and souls a fertile soil for the gospel, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures, these great mysteries for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. John the Baptist, prepare the way of the Lord. Every year on this second Sunday of Advent, the church gives us this gospel. This gospel of John the Baptist going out, he's going out to the Jordan, he's in the desert, and crying out to people, Prepare the way of the Lord. And it says something interesting. It says that all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, and people from all the surrounding region of the Jordan are going out to John to be baptized by him. Now, if you read the description of John and what he's doing and where he's doing it, you might be a little curious, like, why would they go? And here's a guy, he's dressed in camel hair, and he's eating locust and wild honey. So if somebody showed up and came to Christ the King and was like, "Hey, uh, there's a guy down at the Mississippi. He's he's a little further down, out in the pasture area, right? And he eats locust and wild honey, and he's he's got some uh, camel hair on, and he's baptizing folks in the river. Go check him out. You you think that all of Baton Rouge would run out there to go see him? Probably not. Maybe the news media, you know, would be on TMZ or something like that." You think he's crazy. So why are all of these people going to see him? Because what John is doing, the people know. Every single aspect of this has great deep and rich symbolism. He's going to the Jordan River, and he's going to the area of the Jordan that, that bumps up against the desert. And so immediately what the people who are familiar, like the Jewish people know and the surrounding people know that history, that he was going to the place where the end of the exodus happened, where the final fulfillment of the Israelites being taken out of slavery and journeying through the desert for 40 years and then crossing the Jordan before they enter the promised land. Now, John the Baptist is going back to that place, the place in which the Israelites, again, ended their exodus, their, the fulfillment of their freedom from slavery and entered the promised land. And he's dressed... Like the prophet Elijah. And people, we, we read this and we look at it and we're like, okay, that's kind of weird, but the people don't know. Like, that's how Elijah was dressed. That's how Elijah was there when he was prophesying that the Lord would come again. So they're, they're recognizing all of these things about John the Baptist that there's a the spirit of Elijah there, that he's coming, prophesying a new exodus and a new kingdom and a new Messiah who would come. So they're all coming to see him in this powerful place. And what's interesting is that the people who would have been ful- ful- familiar, excuse me, with the prophecies of the Old Testament, particularly Hosea, this would have touched their hearts in a unique way. This is one thing that the prophet Hosea said, speaking on behalf of the Lord, he says, I will allure her, speaking of Jerusalem. I will lead her into the desert and speak to her heart. I will make a covenant for them on that day. I will espouse you to me forever. So when the prophet Hosea is speaking about this reuniting of the Lord, because this image of Hosea, if you remember, the Lord asked Hosea to marry a prostitute. Symbolic of how God's saying that Israel, right, the Lord, all throughout scriptures, the most used analogy of our relationship with the Lord is one of a spousal union, a marriage. That the Lord is the bridegroom and the church as the bride. And so God is saying, hey, Hosea, like, go marry this unfaithful woman in a particular way as a sign that I'm pursuing Israel even in her infidelity. Like even in her infidelity, I will pursue her and I will draw her out into the desert and I will espouse her again. So as this is happening, and John the Baptist is going back into the desert in this place where the Lord took us out of slavery and even in the place in the desert, as they journey through 40 years and were unfaithful to the Lord many times, that God remained faithful to them. And as they crossed the Jordan, passing through these waters. Then they entered into the promised land in this fulfillment of that covenant promise. So the people, all of these things are in their mind as they go out to meet John. And what is John crying out? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they would have on their minds the prophet Hosea, that the Lord is calling them back. He is wooing us back as his bride remaining faithful to us and desiring to be in communion and union with us again and he's asking one thing that we turn away from our sin and turn towards him that's that's all repentance is I think sometimes that repentance in our current culture has like this pejorative and negative and harsh thing it's like ah like that's a really hard thing to say it's actually really beautiful The Lord is saying, hey, turn away from sin. Turn away from the empty well. Turn away from the thing that you think will satisfy your heart, but only brings you greater loneliness and deception. And turn back towards me. Turn back towards the Lord, the one who genuinely fulfills our heart, the one who is merciful towards us, the one who offers himself to us in the most holy Eucharist. So at the beginning of the Advent season, the church gives us this gospel, John the Baptist, reminding us to turn away, to turn away from whatever in our lives that we have, have clung to that is not the Lord, and to turn towards him. He tells, this is interesting, the scribes and the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees show up. And now it says that everyone else is coming there to be baptized, But the Pharisees and the Sadducees are coming there to see his baptism. Notice they aren't coming to be baptized. They're coming to investigate. What's going on here? What is this guy, John the Baptist, doing? John the Baptist has some, he doesn't beat around the bush with these fellas. You brood of vipers, calling them Hypocrites and telling them in a tangible way, hey, don't think that just because you are children of Abraham that this will ensure your salvation. That it's not just about because we they were part of God's chosen people, part of God's covenant people that it requires a turning away, right? An active turning away from sin and turning towards the Lord. And the same is true for us. That it can become easy for us to think, "Well, I'm Catholic." I'm a Christian, and the Lord is merciful, and this is enough. But really, the Lord requires of us that we cooperate with his grace in turning away from sin and turning towards the Lord. Advent is a particular time for this as we await, await the Lord's coming again. There are three comings of Jesus, three advents. One, we're preparing for his first advent, right? the one that John the Baptist was preparing them for, that Christ come in the flesh. The second coming is the Lord coming at the end of time to, to judge the living and the dead. And then his third coming, it doesn't make mathematical sense, is in between the first two. And that coming is to our individual souls at every single moment of our life. At every single moment of our life, the Lord stands at the door of our hearts and knocks. He stands and knocks, but it's only us who can allow him to enter. We know the story of Christmas where Mary and Joseph and they head to Bethlehem and there's no room in the inn. And it's kind of a little bit of a Catholic Christian cliche thing, right? No room in the inn, cute little story, they give birth to him in the manger. But it's really a spiritually significant and serious thing when the Lord knocks at the door of our hearts, is there room for him? Is there room for the Lord in my heart right now? Or other have other things taken his place? And if they have, then I must lay down those crowns, must turn away from those sins, and make space for the Lord to come. This is what John the Baptist is saying Brothers and sisters, let us take this Advent season really to ask the Holy Spirit to come and to convict our hearts of two things, to convict our hearts of the Lord's love for us. Like that's the first thing, Lord, convict my heart of your infinite love for me. And then also, Lord, convict my heart of my sin that I can genuinely come to you and and ask for forgiveness and mercy, especially in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. And open up a space for you in my life. Make space in the room of my heart that when you knock, Lord, that there is room for you to come. John the Baptist, it's a simple cry. Prepare the way of the Lord. It's a simple cry of repentance. And brothers and sisters, this is a good word. It is a beautiful word. Because what it does is it allows us to be reunited with the Lord. The Lord led them back into the desert. And this is where I was really struck by this in my own life and praying here. At the beginning of my conversion, the Lord led me into the desert. And when I say that, he led me to this space where there was this deep emptiness and longing within my heart that I could not understand. I couldn't understand it. Like, my life is good. I have all of these amazing things that so many people would want. Why this emptiness? It's because the Lord was wooing me back to him, and I didn't know that I needed him until I felt the weight of the desert. And so sometimes, if we're feeling the weight of the desert, it's not because God doesn't like you. It's not because God is mean. It's not because of, he's, he's trying to get you, right, or that he's not real, or he doesn't love you. It's because sometimes he allows us to feel the weight of the desert so that we will long for the promised land. And the passageway from the desert to the promised land is repentance. It is moving again through the waters of baptism. Not being rebaptized if we've been baptized. We don't need that. But that specific place of renewing that baptismal grace is through the sacrament of reconciliation. Let us pass through again. The Lord is calling. The Lord is calling us to open up the doors of our hearts offering him our sin that we may experience the fullness of his glory. He leads us into the desert to give our hearts a longing for the promised land. Let us trust him and heed the words of John the Baptist. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.